All right, welcome. My name is Morgan Heath Powers. And I'm Nikhil Nambury. Welcome to Real College Talk, your destination for honest and relevant college and post-secondary conversation. Our mission is to deliver to you real advice and true stories to make your post-secondary decisions and plans completely your own, um, something unique to you, unique to your ambitions, and unique to your goals in life. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started by sharing a little bit about ourselves so that you can get to know us and, and really what brought us to start this podcast. Um, Nikhil, tell us about you. What are you up to? Well, okay. So my name is Nikhil Nambury. I am a senior at Blanchett Catholic School in Salem, Oregon. It's a school of about of just under 200 students in the high school, so absolutely tiny school. And um, next year, I'm going to be going to the University of Notre Dame as a stamp scholar. Um, my intended major is computer science, and I also plan to study in business analytics. Um, really excited, looking forward to going to Notre Dame. Just fell in love with uh, the campus um, and the environment of the school. But um, I'm really here to talk about how that came to be. Not everything in the college application process is sunshine and rainbows, but um, really our goal here is to help you work towards a place where you are ultimately really happy with what you do after graduation. No, that's awesome. And so much of, you know, what we might go into senior year thinking that we um, are going to do or what we'll end up doing later on, you know, by, by the end of that year can totally change. And that's exciting. It's nerve wracking, but we hope to, you know, bring you some assurance that it's okay. Um, but hopefully give you as much preparation as possible to dive into this process with confidence. If you are a senior already, if you're moving on in life already, this is still the place for you. If you are a freshman in high school, this is also the place for you. Um, so this is an exciting time in all of our lives and we hope to, to shed some light on that. Yeah, and uh, some pretty exciting things going on for Morgan as well. So Morgan, please let us know about what you've got planned for the coming year. Yes, my name is Morgan Heath Powers. I live in Reno, Nevada, right near Lake Tahoe. I've spent the past five years since eighth grade at Davidson Academy here in Reno. Like Nikhil, I go to a very small school. So only about 150 kids, no grades. I just graduated last night. 23 of us walked across the stage. Um, and this coming year, I'm actually taking a gap year. So I'm staying here at home for the most part, doing a decent amount of traveling, and I'm working as a manager for a local startup software company here. Like Nikhil, I'm super interested in business. That's how we got connected, was through a student business organization. Um, and so I'm super excited to be exploring this opportunity of entrepreneurship, what it's like to run a business. And then after that, I'll be continuing on as a Hunt Leadership Scholar at Southern Methodist University. I'll be in their Cox School of Business, studying venture management, entrepreneurship, all that good stuff. Um, but yes, no, it was, it was as I kind of dived into this untraditional gap year, which I was not planning on, by the way, that my eyes were really open to the fact that, you know, there's no right way to, to approach this process, um, that there's, there's a unique path for all of us. Um, so I'm excited to explore that. I'm super, I'm super excited to dive into that. Um, yeah. Nikhil, as you've kind of come up on, on your decision to go to Notre Dame, can you give us a little bit of a description of what was high school like for you? 
what were the big things going on in your world? What, what kind of got you to where you're at right now? Yeah. So, um, high school for me was, um, well, my decision to go to a small private school is really based on the experience and the environment that I was in. Um, I wanted a lot of, uh, opportunities that were, um, very focused on the students themselves. So that was a huge benefit of going to a small private school. Um, I wanted to be able to play sports. Um, that was another thing that was huge to me. And um, get involved in a lot of different activities. Um, some of my favorite ones are um, were some community service opportunities and DECA, which was a uh, marketing organization that I encourage everyone to join, shameless plug. Uh, Morgan and I were both state presidents for um, Nevada and Oregon, respectively. Um, And uh, that's actually how we got connected. We met up uh, a few times, actually, and this idea just came about. And But um, throughout high school, I think I think I would say that I'm a decently involved student. I'm, I have uh, quite a few extracurriculars that I do. Um, one of the biggest focus points for me when it came to uh, getting involved in activities was never to do anything that I didn't enjoy. Mm. Um, every activity that I did, I felt like it was something that really resonated with me in one way or the other. And that didn't always mean that they were similar. But um, it just so happened that um, I found the extracurriculars that really worked for me. And um, I think that helped me become more engaged and more involved in them because I really felt like I enjoyed what I was doing. Mm. And um, yeah, so that's that's a lot of what my high school experience was like. Uh, a lot of it's stuff. Like- yeah. So you, I know you were like super involved in a ton of extracurriculars in high school. And it's something that we talk about a lot is like, don't, don't waste your time on something that you don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. And yet, so I know I see this in my school. Maybe you see this in yours. So often I see peers of mine who I can just tell are, are doing everything. They're doing all the things. And it begs the question, like, do you really enjoy all those things? How were you always like, did you always know exactly what you wanted, oh, how, how you wanted to spend your time? When did you make that transition? How did that happen? I think um, I think being at Blanchett during middle school really helped me with that. Um, because Blanchett is a middle school through high school, um, it was really it was really good having that sort of introduction to everything I could do during high school, like kind of testing things out. It was really nice that a lot of the things that I gravitated towards at the beginning in middle school just kind of ended up being things I stuck with. Um, But the focus was really on not spreading myself too thin, not trying too many different things. Um, And, you know, it wasn't ever about resume padding because Mm. that's just not... Well, I think it just has a counterproductive effect, actually, you can kind of see through when someone doesn't want to be somewhere or doesn't really feel passionate about something. So I really wanted to get leadership positions in activities I felt passionate about. And um, there are certain activities that I joined or that I participated in 
but um, I think the less I got involved in a leadership role, the like less I was interested in it. Like that's kind of how I gauged it. It was always more so leader, like yeah, so leadership was like the thing for you. Yeah, I think yeah, okay. I think the more that I got involved in a leadership position, that's like where I kind of gauged my interest, how willing I was to become a leader of a certain activity. Yeah. Was there ever a time where you had to cut an extracurricular, cut something that you were doing? Yes. I think um, I did cut speech and debate and how much I was involved in that. Um, I started off the first couple years being very involved. um, And towards the end, I just um, kind of took it easy with that because I did enjoy speaking. publicly and in any capacity like that but I just felt that there were better outlets for me to do it in a way that um was more enjoyable for me I think that was one particular activity that really stuck out to me okay and this is just like the word enjoy I was talking to someone about this just a couple weeks ago is that so often we get, especially approaching the college application process, you get so caught up with that. Re- like even even the best of us get caught yeah. up with that like resume padding. Like, oh, how am I going to fit fit fill up those ten extracurriculars in my common app? Um, but one of the things I was talking about with him was, you know, if you are maxing out your schedule with all these different extracurriculars, even if you enjoy them all, there there's like this tipping point where all of a sudden you're spread so thin that you can't really be present in any mm-hmm. of those things. And then it's like, it's counteractive, right? You know, you're checking all yeah. the boxes, but are you really walking away with anything other than another line on your resume? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad you said that. So you were able to cut speech and debate, but hopefully enjoy some other things like yeah. DECA. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I think it was really good for me to be able to um, discern what was working for me, what necessarily was it. And mm. I think more than anything, it just taught me to reflect on why I was doing certain activities and what they meant to me. And I know you're also a very involved student or now a very involved graduate. So um, do you have any activities, experiences, stories from high school that really shaped where you're going? Yes. So like Nikhil, I was at my school one year before I was technically in high school. Um, but even still, there was this transition between my eighth grade year, you know, middle school Morgan and then freshman year Morgan. And I would say um, the key the key piece of advice that I would give to any, you know, other classmen is to try everything. Try everything and get it over with early. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't try the things that you don't like, you simply will not find the things that you do like. Um, and I think there are two ways you can go into that. Um, one way is going into everything saying, you know, I'm going to find my passion. I'm going to find my thing in high school. Um, and, and it's going to be great. And literally thinking about college apps as a freshman, the way that I went into it that I think actually worked out pretty well is I just went in as, I don't know how old we are, 14, 15. Mm -hmm. I just went in and said, I'm going to have fun. You know, I'm going to learn, I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to be present. And truly, I think that is the best approach that it worked out for me um, because I was open to learning something from every single class, every Mm -hmm. single club I walked into. 
um, my school was very, very academic focused. And I walked into my freshman year super passionate about athletics. And there were no athletic outlets at my school. And so I got together with a friend of mine and we said, what the heck, we're going to start a running club. And that ended up being my first leadership experience. It was super rough at the beginning, but like I said, I went into it with an open mind and we weren't, we weren't afraid to fail. It was just about, you know, having fun and bringing value to our own lives and our own experiences and then sharing that with other people. Um, around that, I was doing all sorts of stuff. I was doing community service. I was in future physicians club, thought I wanted to be a doctor, found out really quickly I really didn't want to be. Um, and then I walked into DECA, which is this international business organization that Nikhil and I met in. Um, and that 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 totally sparked my interest. Um, not, I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to go into business right away, but it was something that was very fun for me that gave me confidence. So to, to anybody, you know, regardless of where you are in high school, I would just start asking yourself those questions. You know, what, what are the environments that I'm in at school that, that just light me up where I can't help, but, you know, but, but just be excited to be in those spaces where I feel like I'm actually, I'm growing. Um, and, and it feels good. Ask yourselves those kinds of questions because those are the things that are truly shaping you. Um, for me, I was the kind of student where when someone would ask me, um, what's your favorite subject? I never really had an answer, mm -hmm. but I could tell them, well, you know, I really love all my classes. I love all my teachers, but I also do this running club at school and I also love DECA and now I'm running for state office and it's scaring me a little bit, but I'm in high school and I'm going to roll with it and I'm going to learn from it. Right. Um, I think, you know, I, we see a lot of students put so much pressure on themselves in high school to be perfect. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. So often. And then, you know, there's a temptation to stay in your comfort zone. Um, the real college talk there is that you're not going to grow if you stay in your comfort zone. You're not. Yeah. Um, so if you're not stumbling a little bit in high school, I've been through um, quite a decent amount of challenges in high school that we'll probably get into um, throughout, you know, this podcast series. Um, and I hope that we can glean some of the stories from some of our guests as well. But, um, you know, that's life. High school isn't all about classes. It's about the person that you're becoming, um, during class and outside of class. So I really yeah. get serious about, you know, how am I, how am I spending my time? How am I enjoying life? How am I growing? Um, so that was kind of an overarching theme of, of my high school career. I hope that kind of answered that question. Yeah. And I think one, one thing that you really highlighted was you just had fun with your high school experience mm -hmm. and, I think that'll be really valuable in um, what you ultimately decided what you were going to do. Just really the idea of having something so personal to you, just whatever mm -hmm. you personally felt was right. And yeah. that's really a theme that can be expanded to anything in the college application process and just in general in life. But um, here we're uh, helping you do that more in the uh, application process. Yes. So um, when it comes to um, your personal decision to apply to different colleges mm -hmm. and um, what avenue you would take with your um, post-secondary life, what mm -hmm. factors kind of influenced where you applied and what, were, what you were looking for with your college applications? Right. So some of the factors that were most important to me was um, one of the biggest ones for me was school culture. Um, so what was important to the students there? So, for example, I'm super passionate for athletics. 
Um, was it a school where, you know, I would be able to, to fuel that passion? And the reason why that was one of my criteria is because I know that when I'm able to, you know, fuel my passions outside of the classroom, I'm a much better student. I'm a much better leader on campus. And so I wanted to be in a place where, um, where students were uplifted to hold leadership positions, uh, where they were doing things outside of the classroom, where they were involved in their community. That's really what I was looking for was this well-rounded school experience. So any school where I felt like, you know, students were only expected to be students, which don't get me wrong, like, you're going to college to be in, be in school, of course. But um, for me, I was also looking for that personal growth in a school as well. So I ended up applying, you know, across the board to um, a couple, you know, state schools, private schools, some of my reach schools up there. Um, but they all were pretty united around that theme is that I wanted students to be kind of student leaders as well. That was my, my thing. Um, what about you? What were you looking for? Um. I think that, um, and this might be an answer that a lot of people can relate to. I didn't exactly know what I was looking for yeah. out of a college. I knew yeah. that some sort of campus culture was something that was important to me. I know a flexible education track was important so that I could be like certain about what I want to study while I was in college, not necessarily like before. I didn't want to focus too much on having to know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I really applied to a large variety of colleges. Um, it was based on size, um, the type of academic structure they had, um, public, private, in-state, out-of-state, you name it. Everything yeah. was on the table for me. And I think just the ultimate... Um, really priority was getting to a place that made me happy that I knew that I would just really enjoy and it's one of those intangibles that can be really hard to think about and you know it's not one of those things that just snaps into your mind and just like you know this is a place that's not always how it goes um sometimes it's a process of finding out okay will this combination of things at this school be what's best for me? And, um, you know, it's something that even after a lot of reflection, you often doubt yourself about. But um, in the end is um, what we're trying to do is help you get to that place. So really my approach with college applications was, I think in one word, maybe a little unfocused. Um but that was okay. That's what I was going for um, because I didn't know what I wanted and I didn't necessarily look uh, know what I was looking for. So um, I just kind of let myself roam free with it. Um, definitely applied to more colleges than I originally thought I was going to, but I ultimately think that it was the best decision for me. I am glad to hear that. I am super glad to hear that. Um... For, for some of our listeners, one of the biggest criteria um, might be finances. I know that for me, through the whole list of everything that I was looking for in a school, I knew that if it, be, if it came between two schools that, that, I, that I really loved, it would ultimately come down to, down to money. It would come down to finances. Um, and for you, you know, thinking about, well, what school am I going to be most happy at? The answer might very well be, well, it's going to be the school where I know I'm not digging myself into a ton of student loan debt. Mm -hmm. um, 
that is a great reason. Um, and Nikhil and I really do look forward to bringing on some experts to talk about that um, because it's a topic that's being touched on a little bit. Um, but I think us as students, it's really important that we know what we're getting into if we are, um, you know, planning to take on a quite amount of debt um, in order to go to school. Um, Nikhil and I were both very blessed in that we, I believe, um, are, are going to school with some pretty good scholarships. Mm -hmm. And so yep. my advice to you would be, um, apply to those scholarships. If you're eligible for need-based aid, um, do it. Um, and if you're, if, if you can work for those merit-based scholarships, do it. Don't ever undervalue yourself and, and mm -hmm. think, you know, I'm not going to apply to this because I don't think I'm going to get it. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of, I don't know, Nikhil, if you've heard that before, but yeah. I've talked to some students who said, you know, I'm just not going to apply to that school because I don't think I'd get in. Yeah. What? That's, what? Like you're already mm. setting yourself up. You never know if you don't try. There's a line between, you know, balancing how much, how much literal time you're going to spend on those essays. Um, but for me, I, I thought, you know, we're, you're going to put in a lot of hard work in the college application mm. process. Nikhil and I both know anybody who's listening, who has touched the college application process, you know, there's a lot of essays to write and they're not easy. For me, the one thing that the mind trick that kind of helped me get through is I thought to myself, you know, I want to, at the end of this year, I want to be able to look back and know that I did my absolute best, that mm -hmm. I didn't skip any corners, that I didn't miss any opportunities. And when I think about it, I almost didn't apply to the scholarship program that I'm now going to uh, SMU under. Like, and, and that's crazy because now I'm so excited to go. So to anybody who's listening, who's kind of on the fence with something like that, you know, try to get as clear as you can on what you want and then go all in. Reach for all of those opportunities because if you've done your best in high school, you deserve the best of these opportunities that are lined yeah, up with you out there. for sure. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, thank you so much for sharing that, Nikhil, for sharing your experience with the process. Um, yeah, and, and I think um, a lot of people that were interested in um, in our experiences and the experiences of uh, high school seniors or college applicants as a whole um, were really interested in like where did you apply, what schools did you apply to, where did you get in, where did you get rejected from. That was a huge um, point of emphasis for uh, Morgan and I. That's actually how we got started was. Um, the idea came about when Morgan was posting both her acceptances and rejection letters um, on her social media networks. And um, I noticed that, and that wasn't something I had seen before. It wasn't very common for someone to post a rejection letter. Um, there's always this focus on, oh, this person got in there, or I got in here, and yeah. there's so much of an emphasis on success, success, success. There's never anything on, you know, sometimes you fail. Sometimes something doesn't work out the way you want it to. And um, so just like in the spirit of transparency, and we both have definitely received questions about this before, but um, I put together a list of all the schools I applied to. It's a long long list but yes. um i think it will be valuable in um knowing like what influenced my decision to apply to certain places so um because we do like to focus on the positives here at real college talk 
I'm going to start with some of the places that I got accepted. Go and for it. Those were um, Duke University. Um, really liked the research atmosphere of uh, the schools in that area. Dartmouth. Um, I was a huge fan of their undergraduate teaching. Um, Oregon State, which is our local state school, uh, love that place. Grew up around there. Uh, Rice University, again, great research school, great undergraduate teaching. Uh, the University of Texas Business Honors Program, that one I was uh, I applied there um, more because of the opportunities and job placement um, that was associated with it. So um, I think that ultimately actually influenced my decision not to go there, which was pretty interesting. And um, Vanderbilt, um, that was because I really loved the city of Nashville. I went there my freshman year uh, for our International DECA conference, and I absolutely loved the place. So I just wanted to throw throw an application out there just to see if um, see if something would stick, and thankfully it did. I actually meant to apply there because I was going to apply for the merit scholarships, but after I submitted my application, I realized that the deadline had passed. So <laughs> clearly not very well thought out there, but that's okay. Um, the one thing you'll learn is there will be a lot of slip ups when it comes to uh, college applications. Um, one place that I recently got off the wait list for, and I was super excited about that, was um, Brown University. Thank you. Oh my gosh, congrats. Thank you. And um, I did not know that. That is news to me. Okay, so. <laughs> so I just got that news, like yesterday. Okay. So um, basically, I think, um, although I'm still like thinking pretty hard about it, trying to decide what to do, I think ultimately I'm going to turn that down um, just because... Um, a, the finances aren't, like, the financial package isn't nearly comparable to Notre Dame's full ride, and um, just the access to resources and professors as a part of the STAMPS program and the STAMPS network is just something that you can't put a dollar sign on, and um, that network is something that I've really been looking for, and mm -hmm. I think it will provide me a good place to, um, a good foundation for college. Yeah. And that yeah. brings me to where I am going, which is the University of Notre Dame. And I'm sure I'll talk plenty about that later on. Um, some of the places that I was rejected. Um, now, this is going to be an interesting little list. My dream school was Stanford. I thought I was going to get in, stay close to family, go to school in Palo Alto. And I thought I was set applied early to Stanford and immediately got rejected. Um, and that was... Their loss. Their loss. I'd okay. like to think Sorry. so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at first I was a little bummed out about it. But, um, you know, I just realized that, well, you're going to hear a list of a whole bunch of other schools. There are other places that are okay to go to school than your dream yeah. school. And yeah. Getting rejected from your dream school is something that happens to probably a majority of people. Yes. Um, and 
your dream school doesn't necessarily have to be what you thought it was originally, but what you make it. And, and um, question, did you do your best on those Stanford essays? I did do my best on those Stanford essays. Then it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. It so wasn't meant to be. That's like, just... So for anybody listening, like, yeah. if you did your best on those essays, if you felt like they were as much as, as much, like, as you, as much as you could pour yourself out on those pages as you possibly could, and you get rejected, it's just like, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't a good fit. Sometimes that's how you have to look at it. So anyways, continue, Nikhil. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I think I'll talk a little bit more about fit and rejection and acceptance yep. later, but just a list of other schools that I applied to got rejected from um, University of California, Berkeley, the uh, EECS program, uh, USC, um, which I wasn't expecting too much, yeah. but um I actually really wanted to go there, um, which it was kind of disappointing that I didn't get in. They had um, certain courses of study that I was really interested in. I uh, got rejected from Columbia, Princeton, Yale, MIT, of course, Stanford, and um, was on the wait list for Harvard and Penn, ultimately got rejected. Um, but, you know, that's a considerable list of rejections. Um, yes. But, you know, like seeing that, um, you know, I'm sure everyone who's applying to colleges definitely comes from um, being some of the, um, like being told that they're some of the best in their local area. And, you know, having that mindset going into the college application process, it, sometimes it's hard to see why you were right. rejected um, by certain schools, but um, it's really just a matter of fit. There are, there's no really correct way to say, oh, so-and-so is the most qualified applicant. That's never what it's really about. It's more about who fits best with this particular college or university. And I think that's what Stanford taught me from the get-go. And I think that helped me to accept rejections a little bit better. And, um, you know, that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, but that was really good for me, actually. Mm, perspective. Like, and you always have hindsight mm -hmm. afterwards. Yeah. And so I would just encourage everybody listening, like, have hindsight now, too know that like as you're writing the essays as you're going through high school it will work out it's just about doing your best along mm -hmm. the way you know um and and enjoying the process um this is this is a part of life just like every other part of life is so mm -hmm. don't like college at like if you take anything from this podcast do not let your college decisions define you don't be defined by your your, your rejection to, from stanford right yeah there's so so um very cool. Thank you for sharing that, Nikhil. Keeping yeah, it real for all of it. Um, I can go ahead and share mine. Yeah. Now absolutely. Yeah. Um, surprise! I got into SMU, so that was exciting. Um, I so for me, SMU was a safety school, a safety school. Um, but I also applied to their Hunt Leadership Scholars Program which is a full ride and also a specialized program for students who 
are passionate about leadership. And so like Nikhil kind of described with his scholarship program, huge network there. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, um, you know, a small, big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. And so that that's that's what I'm really excited for is, is having that network, being able to, you know, plug into all of all of the key opportunities on campus in the Dallas area. That was something I was really excited to be accepted to. And it was when I went and interviewed on campus that I totally fell in love with the school um, and felt and felt super excited to, to ultimately accept that scholarship. Um, my original dream school was actually Vanderbilt University, also in Nashville, and I got into Vandy and I was so excited. Um, I didn't get any of their merit scholarships and I applied to all of, all of the ones that I was eligible for. I believe it was three. And when I say these were long essays, like these were long essays, I poured my whole heart into these essays um, and I got rejected. And truly that was, that was very hard because that was my dream school, but I knew I could only go if I got one of those scholarships. So it was pretty much decided when I got rejected from, from those scholarships that I wouldn't be going. Um, and so then I started looking at the other schools that I was getting into um, I applied to the W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University and got into their Barrett Honors College as well. So that was kind of on my radar. It wasn't a high, uh, you know, a high pick for me, but I knew it was an option and a strong school. Um, I also did end up getting into USC. I got into Berkeley, um, but same thing with those schools. The scholarships just weren't coming through. So I was getting a little bit worried about that. Then I got into Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, um, and I got accepted to their Boisweta Scholars Program, which is for business students, and it's also a full ride. So by the time I got to those, you know, final weeks in making my decision, it was between Emory and SMU. And um, if you know anything about those two schools, on paper, Emory is like a, a... slightly more prestigious school and so my plan was you know I was probably going to go with Emory and it was when I visited those campuses that I was able to look at them both and I really just for me personally I resonated a lot more with SMU Mm -hmm. Um, I did not do a lot of college visits before that but it was when I visited them upon you know being selected as a finalist for these scholarships that I was able to kind of discern kind of go back to originally what what am I looking for in a school and then being able to witness that and decide that for myself um, schools that I got rejected to, uh, got rejected from, um, I got rejected from Duke and I was bummed about that because very, Duke and Vanderbilt felt very similar to me. Um, and I also applied to one of their big merit scholarships, obviously didn't get that because I didn't get into Duke. Um, I did not get into, oh, I'm trying to read my notes here. I didn't get into UCLA or U, or University of Virginia. I was a little bit surprised about both of those, um, but when I received it, it was kind of like, okay, not meant to be, and I was able to turn to those other options. Um, I have one more here that I've, oh, yes, and I was rejected from those scholarships at Vanderbilt, um, and, you know, Nikhil talked about me posting these on on social media, and in keeping it real, I just want to be very honest, it was not easy for me to post that. Um, it's, you know, we all have an ego. And my thought was, well, like if I post, I got, I got rejected from UVA. Like I have so many friends that just got in there. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that say about me? Yeah. Like what? And I had to step back and think like, Morgan, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you know, we, we, our, our hope with this podcast is to just kind of stop that, um, that 
your college application process and the schools that you get into, it's not even necessarily something that we have to advertise on social media in order to, you know, have that validation. It's a personal journey. Yeah. It is a personal thing. So to me, I kind of had to say, you know, so what if I was rejected from UVA? I'm going to post this and there's going to be someone else out there that also got rejected from a school and it's going to give them a little bit of hope. It's going to make them feel better. And when people like Nikhil started reaching out, um, I knew that was the case. <laughs> so if I can share any message from that, it would be, you know, be open about where you're getting in and where you're not getting in because it gives other people permission and, and grace to be vulnerable as well. Mm -hmm. And that's where the real conversations come out and where you're able to really support one another. Yeah. And um, we talked quite a bit about the end result, um, but the mm -hmm. process itself, the yes. actual um, writing the essays, filling out mm -hmm. the common app, is it as stressful as people make it out to be? That's an excellent question, Nikhil. I always say, um, and there are different perspectives on this. I always say that I think it's only as stressful as you make it. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of different elements to that. But I went into the college process thinking, you know, I can either choose, I can either choose to be stressed out about this. I can either choose to drag my feet through it. Or I can accept that I'm going to have to do it and make the most of it. So a friend of mine um, from school was recent. I was talking to him the other day and he was saying, you know, the college application process, it basically asks you to explain who you are and what you want out of life when you probably don't even know it. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know the answer to any of those questions. Um, and so you have to pretend like you, like, you know, the answer to those questions. And so I went, went into it thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to answer those questions. I'm going to explore them. It's going to be a journey of, of personal growth. And for me, it was. But I think that you have to decide that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when I looked at it that way as, you know, this is going to be something I'm going to grow from, it was a lot easier for me to start early over the summer on my list and on my essays because I had a clear why beyond the end result. Okay. Um, I knew that no matter what happened, I was going to grow through the process and I wasn't going to let it, I wasn't going to let it define, you know, me or my senior year. So that was kind of my approach to it. Do you think it's as stressful um, as feel free to, you know, I disagree? I think um, what, do you, what do you think about it? You are 100% right. It's only as stressful as you let it be. Um, I think one thing that I tell every single junior is do not wait to start your essays. Um, that's how I learned that I am not as good of a writer as I thought I was, was okay. by, um, I wouldn't say that I crammed by any means, but it takes me a little while to write. And when I say a little while, I mean a lot, a really long time. All of us, yes. Um, uh, definitely, like, took me a long time to be able to, like, I knew what I wanted to convey, but putting it down on paper was something that I think was really difficult for me. I'm more of, like, a math and science brain, so yeah. putting that in words was a little bit difficult, and... Um, I know a lot of people actually suggested that I take help, um, like from a college like application or college admissions consulting firm right. or something like that. Um, I know a lot of people um, in my life in general uh, suggested that I do that. Um, although writing all those essays and filling out the Common App was definitely stressful for me. Um, 
I ultimately decided not to take any help with the process. Um, the reason I did that was um, maybe it was me being a little naive. Um, I'm willing to concede that. But I think part of it is that I didn't want any of my like personal or like individuality to be lost in an application mm. just to try and get in somewhere. I didn't want it to be, I got into this place because um, I positioned myself correctly. I just didn't feel right about that because that didn't feel like me. And I wanted to be able to uh, apply to places and get in or not get in based on me. And, um, you know, there are opportunities to relieve that stress and of course, no judgment against anyone who does take help with the process, but, um, I'd really encourage everyone to, um, maybe be wary of like losing yourself in the process. Make sure to be strong, be confident in yourself and really be willing to show yourself. That is such good advice. That is huge advice because, um, you know, whether you're, you're, hiring a counselor to help you through the process or asking your teachers to read your essays. I'm, I'm sure you had people, I had certain people in my corner that I knew I could go. Oh yeah, to, go absolutely. To help with essays. But also at the end of the day, you can get a full page back with edits and if something stands out and, and, and that change just doesn't feel right to you at the end of the day, you got to trust your own gut. It's your essay. It's your application. It's your decision. Um, and so I'm so glad you said that, Nikhil. That was that was awesome because you know you can only position yourself to get into a school so much mm-hmm. before you do start you know sacrificing those personal traits and 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 the things that you know are are, are true to who you are, and then you're sacrificing fit, yeah. right? Um, fit is huge. We could do a whole episode just on 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 that three letter word of fit. Um, but thank you so much for sharing that. That is yeah. awesome. That is so cool. But um, what I I just want to clarify, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't get help. What I did was actually, interestingly enough, all of the help that I got for all of my essays was from um, my fifth grade teacher. And um, she's absolutely amazing, brilliant writer. Um, but that was what worked for me. And um, just finding a system that works for you is something that I really encourage. That that's awesome. Like you had that one person that mm-hmm. you knew you could go to. Um, I would love for us to take a moment and just drop some really practical advice on that. I think you just great gave a really great tip right there. Is number one, identify a few people that you know you can go to um, to ask for help with your essays. It might be your fifth grade teacher. It might be somebody who knows you really well, who has seen you grow over the years. Um, it might be somebody you know who's super influential in a super, in a certain activity you did in high school. Um, so for example, I had a mentor at school that really helped me a lot with different leadership activities I did. And I knew I would go to her particularly with my essays that talked about leadership. Mm-hmm. Then maybe have somebody who doesn't know anything about you at all, hand them an essay and ask them, what does this tell you about me? Right. Um, and, and just observe the, the results there. Um, while we're on this topic of essays, I just wanted to drop a couple other, other tips on this was 
you know, we talk a lot about starting early with the essays, but like Nikhil said, you are going to have certain days where you just can't write. Yeah. It happens to the best of us. It totally does. Um, so a couple notes on that is number one, I would say, you know, those essays come out August 1st every year. Some schools they reuse, they reuse, um, is it August 1st? I should know this. I think it's August 1st. Yeah. August, August, just research, right? (laughs) Some schools reuse their questions, but one thing that I did is I downloaded all those questions as soon as I could for the schools I knew as Uh I, I was applying to. And I would just read them over every once in a while and start thinking about things, start thinking about experiences I've had that related to them. And then when I had a moment of inspiration, I could jot down that idea and start writing. Um, Sometimes you just can't sit down and force yourself to write. And so you want to have those questions in the back of your mind so that you can at least think of those ideas. Once you have an idea, take it and roll with it. But sometimes that's the hardest part I've found. Yeah. One, um, another practical piece of advice that I think would help out was, um, at the beginning, when I started to try and sit down and write, I sat in the front of a laptop and tried to type it, type my essays. Mm-hmm. Although, like, it might work for certain people, and, like, that's totally fine, what I realized was I wasn't able to get creative thoughts out when I was yeah. just sitting in front of a laptop. So, grabbed a pen, grabbed a notebook, and just started jotting. Just ideas and just kind of let it take me where it did. And um, I think that really helped the creativity to flow for me. I almost wish I had done that sooner because I felt like the ones that I started writing down had the best uh, content. And then, you know, I could always edit and change so that it was better technically. But um, writing writing down um, the ideas and the verbiage and the essays themselves on pen and paper. That was amazing for me. Wow. That's cute. Like you have to set yourself up in the right environment. Mm -hmm. You know, I spent so many hours at this one Barnes and Noble here in Reno because I knew that I could not, if I sat in this room here and I tried to write all my essays, I knew I would get distracted. Mm -hmm. I knew I would get tired sitting near my bed. And so I would, I would literally go and spend hours at this Barnes and Noble and tell my parents, Hey, I'm working on essays for the next three hours. I'm going to check in with you at the end of those three hours. And I I better, you know, have completed some of these essays. So there, there are these little tweaks that, that you might have to make in order to stay accountable. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are the details that I think sometimes people don't talk about those logistics is how do you actually make this happen? Um, those are the, some of the things that have worked for us. Thanks for sharing with you. Yeah, That's awesome. Of course. Super cool. Um, let's see what other, what other things can we hit on before we go ahead and wrap up? Um, I guess, you know, what are, what are some of the best resources that you've turned to for advice and support throughout this process, whether it was certain friends or certain people or podcasts or books, anything that you would, you know, direct other people to go to as they're exploring this process? Um, Yeah, I think the nice thing about applying to colleges when we are is everything, all the resources that you could possibly want are available right at your fingertips. It's all online. And um, so the one piece of advice I could give uh, terms of that is do your homework um yeah. read up on uh 
all of the places you're considering applying, certain programs that you're interested in, um, like tips pages on essays for those colleges. I know there are plenty, re- plenty of resources online that give specific tips for each essay for each college. And um, don't undervalue that because yeah. it could give you some a general sense of direction um, in where you want to go. And from there, you can obviously make the application your own. But really take advantage of those resources. They're there for a reason. People are trying to help you. Not everyone um, is going to be uber competitive. Those resources are there for you to grow. So make sure to take advantage of them. That's awesome. That's super cool. Definitely do your research. Preparation is key. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, it's not just starting early with the essays. It's also, you know, knowing all the things that you need to know um, in order to be ready for this process. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're already taking a great step toward that. Um, in terms of resources that were helpful to me, like Nikhil said, doing your research also surrounding myself with people that I knew I could turn to for good advice Hmm. that if I was really struggling with an essay prompt, I could go to them and literally talk to them in person. Um, and also what really helped me was listening, listening to podcasts and reading books about the things that I was interested in and things that I was exploring in my essays and just in life at that time. Um, one of my favorite podcasts is the school of greatness because they bring on all sorts of people from all different careers, but they really do talk about, you know, what is greatness? Um, It's the school of greatness. So it's all about learning. And that was really interesting to me and listening to people talk about personal growth and personal development just kept my, kept my brain going as I was writing those essays about my own personal growth and about my own personal development. So my, my advice there would be listen, listen to podcasts, listen to music, consume things that, that lift you, that lift your spirit, that, mm-hmm. that keep your energy high, um, and that keep you focused and excited, um, during this time. So, um, Nikhil, before we go ahead and wrap up with our last question, where can people connect with you on social media, via email, anything like that? Um, so that they can reach out and connect with you. Yeah, so, um, well, first and foremost, uh, the best way to connect with Real College Talk is on uh, the at Real College Talk Instagram page. Um, But for my personal accounts, um, my probably the best way to connect with me is uh, over Instagram. Um, My Instagram tag is Nikhil, N-I-K-H-I-L dot V-N. Um, and over email at, uh, Nikhil V Nambury at gmail.com. Um, awesome. just my first middle initial and last name. Cool. And as we're rolling with this whole podcast thing, we'll include things in the podcast notes as well. Um, yes, please reach out to us personally, connect with Real College Talk on Instagram. You can also email Real College Talk directly. That's Real College Talk. 101 at gmail.com um please feel free to reach out to me i am super active on instagram all the time um and my instagram handle is morgs m-o-r-g-s double underscore and a-n-n-e um and we'll include that in the notes as well um but go ahead and reach out to us with any questions you have anything that you'd like to see in upcoming podcasts We're so excited to be bringing on other guests Mm -hmm. to talk about their unique college experiences, 
we are bringing in some incredible diversity of different people who are taking totally, you know, completely different paths after high school. And that's fascinating. We're also bringing on some experts who are in, you know, the higher education industry who have some advice to bring there. And so we hope this is of value to you. Um, and with that, Nikhil, I think we can hit our final question. And that is, you know, if you, if you could go back to your freshman yourself, the very start of high school, what would you tell Nikhil and Amberi? I think the one thing that I would tell freshman Nikhil is don't lose sight of yourself in this mm-hmm. because there is everyone is so focused on um, chasing a certain goal or um, like the pressure is put on everyone to chase a certain yeah. goal. Um, and it's easy to submit to that is um, chasing achievements, um, working for accomplishments, um, for prestige or something like that. But when you're, when you're really chasing those things, you can't, enjoy the journey the the personal growth what you get out of that because that's really what this whole process is about education just childhood in general um don't lose sight of yourself in this this process is about you and it should be about you and Mm -hmm. no one should ever let it be about anything but them I love it. I love it. Awesome. Uh, Any advice you would give to your senior yourself? Seniors out there diving in? Uh, I think the (laughs) biggest thing would be to start your essays earlier. (laughs) Honestly, that's as simple as it's a simple answer, but like, that's, that's the best I can do. Um, that's great advice. Morgan, um, talking to freshman year, Morgan. Yes. What are you telling Uh, her? If I could talk to freshman year Morgan, um, I would say, you know, Nikhil talked about, you know, being a personal thing to focus, focus on yourself. And I would also say balance that with um, getting outside of yourself, Mm -hmm. getting outside of your own head. Um, I think especially in high school, whether we want to or not, it's, there's so much obsession with, you know, just trying to figure yourself out, trying to figure out who you are and what you're interested in. And that's so exciting, but don't lose yourself in trying to find yourself. If that makes any sense. So, you know, I think that some of the best ways to stumble into like figuring out who you are is when you just let it happen naturally. When you get involved with things that pull you out of yourself, whether it's community service or or different clubs or um, a certain class at school that you're super invested in, if you can, you know, get outside and and just focus on doing your best and bring value to other people and and enjoying this process, I promise you, it will come back to you. It will. It will. Um, but if you're constantly in your head, and I I've done this so so often. If I could go back, I would say save yourself the anxiety and the stress. Don't worry, it'll all work out. Mm-hmm. Um, get out! Of, don't be afraid to get out of your head sometimes. To get a good night of sleep and wake up the next day and think I'm just going to focus on the world around me and do my absolute best. Um, those can be some of the best days. Um, if I could give an advice advice to seniors, um, you've probably heard this before, but but don't compare. 
just yeah, stop stop that's the a comparison really good one that's focus less really on comparing one. on comparing yourself to others and more on on just listening to others and inspiring others and being and being that vulnerable person like we said if you're open about your rejections if you're open about your acceptances other people will be too um and we all really need that comparison i think i think i heard a quote one comparison is the thief of joy or is the thief of peace and it's so true Mm -hmm. it's so true um so catch yourself when you're comparing yourself to others when you see someone else losing their confidence a little bit um call them out on it, uplift them. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so do, you know, we're here to kind of break that cycle and we hope that you can go out and and help us with that as well. Um, any final words before we wrap up, Nikhil? Are we good? Uh, yeah, I think just the best way to help wrap up that cycle, a good place to start is by sharing the real college talk platform with some of your friends, family, um, classmates, teachers, anyone else who might be interested um, just, I mean, we're not really getting anything like personal out of this other than that we just want to do it and spread the message. And mm. the best way for that to happen is, is if you spread the message, um, we can only do so much on our end. So please, please, please spread the message of real college talk, what we're trying to do here and, um, what it can do for you. Awesome. Spread the message. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. In the meantime, keep it real. We'll see you soon.